welcome to Backing Paper for another week. Can you imagine what number we're up to? Uh, let me just check. We're up to number 78. Oh, wow. What a great number. One of my top 78 numbers. Um, here, joining me, it's the person often known as the film people's princess. It is, of course, John Whitmore. John Whitmore. Good evening. Welcome Hello. to Backing Paper. Have you done the Backing Paper before? Have I dragged you on here before? No. No, never done. I can't read. Well, I can read, but I'm very good at reading, which is why you don't have me on. And listen, as has been demonstrated before, particularly ably by Matthew, bless his contacts, an ability to read is not um, always required. It's very helpful, but it's not always required. No Rachel this evening, because she's busy mm. editing. I'm not sure whether this is supposed to be common knowledge or not. Um, so this is me getting ready to get into trouble. But she's editing a video that she's doing for an Ilford introducer. She's going to be, um, I think Ilford have been doing some uh, videos and, and interviews, um, written interviews on their website, and Rachel's going to have one going up very soon, so that's very exciting. And, oh, is that one of those? Is it one of the lockdown? Yes, sessions? the lockdown interviews. Yes, oh, thank funny. you. Lockdown sessions. That's what it is. Yeah, Rachel's got one of those coming. Um, if that's supposed to be a secret, you didn't hear it from me. All right, keep your mum. Um, I think I think you're safe. I think I saw a post about it publicly the other day. Oh, phew. Yeah, that's so all right. Okay. That's all right. Well, you know, it was a good excuse for me to drag you in, John, because we haven't spoken for a couple of weeks, and I've missed your dulcet tones. Yeah, I missed you too, man. Missed you too. <laughs> that <laughs> That's it. Didn't even sound vaguely believable, but sure, I'll take it. <laughs> Sorry. What have you been up to? How are you doing, Graham? I've really missed you. <laughs> uh, what have you been up to since we last spoke? Uh, what have I, I've been watching some movies, thanks to Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll have a chat about that. Yes, there's, a, there's a relevant yes. email coming up. We'll, we'll compare um, those. Oh, is there? Oh, shit. Um, I, what, this week, I've been working on some self-portraits. Oh, Ooh. really? Yeah. There's, um, there's a local gallery that put a call out for people to submit self-portraits that they're going to put in an exhibition after lockdown's over. So I thought I'd have a go at producing something for that. Mm -hmm. It's kind of it's based on um, a self-portrait of like how you, I think, feel in lockdown. Um, so yeah, I've just been, as always, messing around in the dark room trying out a few different things uh, to create a quite scary-looking self-portrait. And how's Dark Shed Live going? Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Um, did another two-hour broadcast today with Dan over in Hong Kong. Um, which was fun as always. Um, just yeah, just nice and chilled, and spend some time actually talking to somebody instead of words going around in my own head. Yeah, probably for the best. <laughs> Keep your yeah. sanity vaguely, <laughs> vaguely in check. Um, well, we have got we've only got a few emails this week. Only three emails. It's going to be a short show, everyone. Um, so that's exciting. Um, but they're great emails. So you know, never mind the length. Look at the girth. Is that what? <laughs> <laughs> these are really wide emails <laughs> these are the widest um they're great emails but please do keep your emails coming in everybody to sunny 16 podcast at gmail.com um right shall we dive in the first one we've got i'll tell you this first one it's from the fabulous ian turpin and it's entitled slacking paper which feels about right hi folks just thought i'd plump your bag with some more things <laughs> it's like in your windows a go-go today <laughs> things i miss so i had to go guessing what Ian missed last week but um it turns out i was wrong things i miss pacers what are pacers john do you know what pacers are uh 
No, uh, maybe some sort of sweet. Yeah, so I like thought I thought some sort of chocolate bar is my guess. Uh, correct us on that one, please, Ian, because we're not sure. Uh, Christmas as a kid, having decent eyesight so I can focus a camera manually. When I first read that, I thought he said so I could focus a camera manfully, which I mean both is correct. <laughs> Grr, get those biceps flexing as you're um, focusing in. Smoking, <laughs> my hair. <laughs> God, the list just goes on. Again, I originally read that smoking my hair. Um, uh, listen, Ian, I mean, I suspect the reason you haven't got any hair is because of the smoking, so um, that's probably what caused that. Does smoking cause boldness? Definitely. Do you Have you ever smoked, John? No. No, no and you have a fine, thick head of hair, don't you? So. Yeah. Um, anyway, Ian continues. Question... What's the most face-palming way you've ruined a roll of film? So far, I've, and there's a list here, put 120 film in the camera back with the paper towards the enemy. I love the use of the word enemy. Two, failed to notice that the film did not catch on the take-up spool, spending a few eyebrow-arching minutes wondering why it was so easy to rewind, and then developing a roll of very, very underexposed photos. And three putting 35mm worth of developer in a tank that has a roll of 120 in it. For that Neapolitan look. <laughs> ah, love it. Like the ice cream. Nice. Um, really enjoying the show. Great to listen to you all and your interesting guests from Ian. And there is a little PS, but I'll come to the PS afterwards. So first off, John, um, favourite ways that you've ruined a roll of film? Any good ones in there for you? Uh, ooh, I think... Uh, I... I've opened a roll. I've opened the camera back without finishing a roll. Oh before. yeah, that's a classic. Um, oh, I've left the lens cap on a rangefinder <laughs> for the entire roll. Oh, oh that yeah. Was, that was pretty much one of the first rolls of medium format I ever shot, and I thought I screwed up um, the development. <clears throat> I spent ages trying to work out what I'd done wrong, so I'd only kind of just started developing, mm. and yeah turned out that I just left the lens cap on. Um, this is what happens when you're using a fancy rangefinder medium format, you know. Yeah, yeah it does. So now First I just world problems. cap on at all, which is probably a really stupid thing to do. Um, I'm trying to think how else I've done it. The problem is we, we always record these late at night and my brain is mush at this point. When's it good? Because so, uh, I've spoken to you earlier in the day and I wasn't thrilled with the outcome <laughs> then either, I'll be honest. It's about 5am normally. Oh, crumbs. That's <coughs> never going to happen. On, I'm on fire at 5am. Uh, <laughs> I'm in a coma at 5am. I wasn't even aware there was a 5am. Um, it's a beautiful time of the day, Graham. I'm never going <coughs> to see it. I, I have to say, I think most of my... I mean, I've done the things, as you said, of opening the film back when mid-film. That's certainly happened more than once. Or rewinding it, thinking I've rewound it the whole way and then opening it and going, oh, no, I haven't. <laughs> no, that yeah. that wasn't a thing. Um, I, I've lost the odd shot to lens cap issues, um, but not a whole roll. But that's mostly because I just don't shoot with rangefinders often enough for that to happen. Um, most of my truly great ruinings of film have been in the development stage um, in terms of uh, just using developer that was dead as a doornail, that's always good. Yeah. That's a nothing quite <laughs> like that moment when you pull out a roll of film and it is completely blank, transparent. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of it any other way, but I think that probably has been the most definitive way. I do like the um, putting the roll of 120 in backwards. I've, I've done that 
but fortunately caught my mistake before proceeding. Um, I think some of them, like the Hassel, is it the Hasselblad backs where it feels like it's going in? You have to kind of put it in backwards, or it feels like you're putting it in backwards. Yes, I mean certainly right. with my with my Bronica, same kind of thing. You've got these detachable backs, and it feels, and it's because I'm not using it frequently enough. Um, so you kind of really have to stop and think about what's facing where when you're doing it, because mm-hmm. you're kind of used to doing it. In, when you put your roll film into the back of a camera like a TLR or something like that you're used to doing it so you're seeing the outside of the backing paper because you know, you're the inside yeah. is facing the camera whereas it, when you're doing it on a removable back camera it's the opposite as you said you, you, you're looking at the inside of the backing paper facing forward because that's what's going to be facing into the camera when you put the back on so um, yeah that's a great way to really mess things up um, <laughs> Okay. I've dropped. I've dropped a film on the. As I was, I took it out of the tank, pulled it out, ready to put in the in my film drying cabinet, <clears throat> and I dropped it on the floor, and the floor was just filthy. Mm. So it just got caked in in rubbish, which I think it ended up scratching it. Actually, I think. Really? So what did you do? Because I would have just gone straight to the sink and. Yeah, I, it. I just I washed it again, but yeah, I think it was scratched at that point. How many times did you walk over it before you bothered to pick it up? Was it like the blueberries? Yeah, I possibly just rubbed it along the floor for a while. <laughs> to make sure it had exactly, yeah, vented your frustration on it. <laughs> I'll fall yeah, out of me, will you? Stupid thing. <laughs> um, okay, on to the PS now. Uh, a black and white film recommendation for Rachel that inspired Die Hard would be the remarkable Wild World of Batwoman. Um, what? <laughs> now I have got no idea and I'm not going to bother asking you because I know you won't have a clue because <laughs> because black and white um, that what is still one of my title, yeah that is still one of my favourite things I don't know whether you heard this last week John but um, I, we were talking about um, the film Night of the Hunter which you and I have both mm-hmm. now watched and I mentioned it yes. to Rachel and Rachel hasn't watched it and never will um, and <laughs> I was trying to explain to her what the film was like, which I think you can appreciate is not an easy thing to do. And she yeah. said, oh, is it like Die Hard? <laughs> right. Oh, can I did you, hear that, actually. Yeah. yeah. Can you think of a film that is less like <laughs> Die Hard? Because I can't. <laughs> I really can't. <laughs> <laughs> no. oh, I don't know. Maybe Toy Story? <laughs> isn't it still more like Die Hard? It's it is, isn't it? There's, there's like action elements in that, like <laughs> Die Hard. Um, let's let's t- let's just compare notes briefly on Night of the Hunter because I w- I'm really keen to hear because you oh god well the whole internet is now abuzz with nothing but your bitching and moaning about watching <laughs> black and white films I think the horror was palpable um, how did you find this film oh I I, I really struggled uh, for the first twenty thirty minutes I really struggled with it and. It actually took me a few sittings, like mainly because I kept on falling asleep. Really? But that wasn't be- well, no, that wasn't because of the film. It was just because the time of day when I got to watch it, and I was just shattered. Um, but the time I kind of actually did sit down and kind of get through it, it took me a while to really get into it. Mm. But after that, like by the end of it, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was, I thought it was a really good film, and I. I switched off to the flat fact it was black and white and I found that difficult to watch. Mm. Um, there were parts of it that I... Like, it made me think about why I don't like black and white films as well and mm. it made me realise it's not just the aesthetic, it's just the the way, I guess, films were made during that period of time 
things weren't established enough regards kind of editing techniques and how they used to tell stories. Mm. So there were like some of it that I just felt was really quite clunky, um, which is fine. You know, it's just it's of its time, isn't it? Mm. Uh, but fundamentally, yeah, I, th- I thought it was really kind of powerful film. Um, yeah, a, a little bit weird. Which oh god, really a, a more it. than a little bit weird. I think that was the thing, and I tried to get this across to Rachel last week. Is that um, as you said, it, it feels parts of it feel very old and clunky, and but and parts of it feel just weird. And then, but I, I think the thing that it's Robert Mitchum, like that mm-hmm. actor. He he does not feel old or clunky. His portrayal of that character, um, you know, it is so compelling. And oh yeah, it's a superb superb performance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, visually, mm-hmm. was it? Cause there were some aspects, particularly the um, the sort of the part where the kids are escaping down the river. There's some elements of that yeah. that were so stylistic. Um, the bit that's mm-hmm. really stuck in my head, I don't, know it, don't know whether you remember, was when they stopped and went and slept up in a barn roof or something. And it's this very yeah. silhouetted shot you're looking through and you see the silhouette of the kids and then you see this ride. You know, um, so stylistic, you know, I mean, you'd never see anything like it now because it just, it's, you know, almost like an art project um, rather than yeah. a film. Um, yeah. Did it? Did it had like the the horse on the horizon, but it it was clearly kind of like cut together, wasn't it? Like pieced mm. together. Um, but you can see what they were trying to achieve with it. Mm. Um, so, what was what was, your, what mean, was going to be your question about? I, I suppose the question is: Has it? Did it fire off any inspirational neurons in terms of your photography? Do you think? Ah, maybe there's something I could. I, mean, I suppose. Ultimately, if we did say at some point in the future, let's try and make some pictures based on that film or based on what we took from that film, mm-hmm. did it leave you with stuff that you think, yeah, actually, there are ideas that's given me that I would take forwards? Yeah, like I, the light, there were some parts of it that just felt incredibly cheesy, but they, they mm. worked really well. So, like um, the shop, is it? It's like a cafe or whatever it is. Yeah. The, the the shadow of the lettering, the name of it, on the wall. <clears throat> it's like a really harsh light coming through the window, casting a perfect shadow of the name on the wall permanently in the background. Mm. And it's like, it just felt really out of place, but at the same time, it, it suited it. And yeah. There's, there's, like, it was very contrasty. The whole mm. thing is just, like, it's moody. It's really moody. Mm. Um so yeah, I I quite like that style anyway. Um, I, I I didn't watch it kind of analysing those bits. I'd have to rewatch it and think, okay, I really like the lighting in this scene or that that scene um, to really break that. I, there are, there are bits where where was he? Was he in a church at one point where all the the light was just on? on him and all the other uh, people in there were silhouettes. That was really interesting. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. It would be quite interesting to recreate that. Yeah. And I think because, as you said, it's 
because of the fact that so many things weren't kind of well entrenched in terms of movie making and it, it is uneven um in terms of the the style the look of it it it, it feels quite patchworky in a way but mm-hmm. i think that's you know, again could lend itself towards visual storytelling with photographs because the you know, it's, um that's cool has it made you feel like maybe you might give other films a go in the future when we force you to <laughs> just just give other films a go in general yeah um I, well, the black and white films, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I would do. Um, it, it actually reminded me, I have seen the black and white films that I've enjoyed. Yeah. Um, uh, there was one quite recently, I think somebody wrote in about it, a film called Roma. Yes, yes, um, that's right, yeah. Um, yeah, Nick Lyle wrote in last week recommending that. Yeah, that that's superb, and that's in black and white, but it, it never occurred to me, even starting to watch that, that I wouldn't enjoy it because it was in black and white. Mm. Um which that in turn made me think, well, maybe it's not the black and white thing that I don't enjoy about those films. It's more about just how they were made mm. um, in the olden days. Yeah, I, I quite like that. I mean, I also quite like watching truly terribly made films. I find them fascinating. <laughs> you know, not that saying this was that wasn't a trip, but like films that have been made by people who clearly have no business to be making films, of which you can find quite a lot on streaming services these days. Um, <laughs> I find them just kind did of. You, did you know I I made a short film once, and I, I realised I've actually got a director's credit on IMDb. <laughs> I discovered that last week. Really, <laughs> that what, short film. Yeah. What movie is that, John? It was incredibly bad, which is why I've just remembered to uh, to mention it, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. So anyway. okay, so we have to look you up on IMDb to find out what that is. Then okay, well I'll I'll, I'll try and remember to do that and put that in the show notes. Um, okay. Uh, oh, and there's just one final bit with the PS. Uh, uh, another recommendation of a film um, for Matthew this time, who mentioned his interest in quirky movies. He suggests uh, Ian suggests Manos Hands of Fate, which is a film I've heard of but haven't watched. Um, it's a colour film, barely. Uh, it says both films are available in full on YouTube and for maximum enjoyment. I suggest the Mystery Science Theatre 3000 versions so that you get the full impact. I think that's where I certainly heard of the Manos movie. I think it's like noted as being one of the funniest and also the worst films on the Mystery Science Theatre. Um, so I think quite a lot of those Mystery Science Theatres are on either Amazon or Netflix. I know I've seen, I've started watching one of them on there. Um, so yeah, I might have to check that out. The Wild World of Batwoman. Um, I, I might check that out. Bizarrely, I'm far more likely to sit down and suffer through a really terrible old film than watch something more contemporary. Um, I don't know why. I've watched some truly, truly awful stuff on uh, Amazon before now. Um, great way to blow your time out the window. Um, thank you very much for those, Ian. That's great. And. All right. Do you want to take this next one, uh, John, from yes. <laughs> from poor Henry, who in the first line is going to indicate just how disappointing this is for him? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Henry. Um, right, here we go. <laughs> Hi, Sunbeams. I don't know if it's uh, just my timing, but every time I email into backing paper, backing paper it's never on a Rachel show. <laughs> oh, no, missed it again, Henry. Uh, maybe. As Northerners have to stick together in these trying times. <laughs> maybe it's because of Henry that Rachel's not here. We'll never know. Oh, yeah. Uh, hopefully this week I'll have managed it. Nope. nope. <laughs> uh, I've attached my audio recording for the Cheap Shots Challenge. Thank you very much. Which I had a ton of fun shooting and processing. It's a cut down from an upcoming episode of my podcast, so any listeners who want to hear the full story can do in a couple of weeks' time. I hope the attached images aren't too large. Uh, If they are, let me know, and I'll make some smaller ones. 
I also wanted to say well done to Rachel for another great underexposed show. It was a great listen. Stay safe, you guys, and thanks. Thank you very much, Henry. Yeah. His uh, podcast is Tales from the Magic Box. Yes, it certainly is. It certainly is. Um, I think it's on Anchor. Oh, well, it's on Anchor and wherever good podcasts are found. It's freely available. Um, we will save uh, the audio that Henry has sent us for uh, an upcoming show when we will pull these things together. Um, Cheap Shots Challenge. I know we said uh, end of the month for uh, entries, but we might give it an extra week because I know it's it's just more difficult getting things done. So if you are taking part in the Cheap Shots Challenge, which the theme is groceries, please do get some pictures into us. We've had a few in now, but not very many, so we need more. Um, and as Henry and Hillary did last week, if you fancy making some audio for us of your experience of doing it, then that would also be lovely, and we'll save those for a future show. Um, let's start off, John, by having a quick look at these pictures that Henry sent. Now, I haven't listened to Henry's audio, so um, I don't know what the dealio is with these pictures, but uh, what do you think of these two pictures? What does it look like to you? Uh, I'm just having to zoom in. Yeah, sorry, it's not a great way of doing it, I freely admit, but listen, you got the pictures, oh, stop complaining. They look great, don't they? <laughs> I, can't, I can't actually zoom in. Um, they still life yeah I, don't know. I need to zoom in on this this is ridiculous Graham. very close up yeah i'm wondering what sort of show are you running here yeah a, a slapdash one um welcome, slap, welcome to slacking paper um i'm wondering whether they're pinhole shots oh yeah sorry i've managed to zoom in now i would definitely say that's a pinhole yeah shot yeah great depth of field yeah. back to front even though it's very close up and um going off dark so we've got uh it looks like um, it's a still life of leftovers. It's not not leftovers, but the debris. It's like banana skin, and onion peel, and some broccoli and stuff like that. Um, yeah, very cool. I love the light on it. I, it. The fact that the plate that these things are attached on is just beautifully illuminated. A bit like a serial killer in a church. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe Henry was inspired by the movie. Maybe that's yeah, what it is. That's what's going on. <laughs> Uh, okay, and this second one, again, same thing, nice close-up. I'm really impressed with the lighting. I'm really looking forward to listening to hearing how this was done. Uh, again, it looks like more stuff that might well be headed for uh, the compost bin, doesn't it? I'm trying to. I'm looking at that. Yeah. I'm thinking I know what that is, but I cannot. It's rind from something, is isn't it? it? I don't know. It's, it's going to be bread or skin of a. Some fruit, maybe? Yes, I think it's skin of a fruit. Um, but <laughs> not very, bread, then. <laughs> not bread, no. Um, but very cool. I'm. What impressed me most about both these, they're both black and white pictures, um, is the lighting on them. I think it's really cool, moody lighting. Um, so how do, you, how do you think that's lit? <sighs> I don't know. Don't ask me. You know these things better than I do. I'm going to ask you, how do you think it was lit? I'm not going to try and answer a question with somebody smarter than me on the show. <laughs> I I, th I think it's a top one light top down kind of spotlight, mm -hmm. which probably it wouldn't be a flash, would it? No. If it's a pinhole, it's probably quite a longer exposure. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it looks great. Yeah, it's really nice. It worked really nicely. Yeah, great stuff. I, I'm trying. I have a feeling. I'm gonna, I can't remember. But I have a feeling that Henry might be using a homemade camera as well. I think. I can't remember. Awesome. We'll find out when we lose stuff. Ah, great preparation, everybody. And by everybody, I mean me. Thank you so much, Henry. That's awesome. Okay. Um. One last. I've got to zoom back out now. I've zoomed in so much. The writing's got real big. <laughs> Um, my eyesight's not quite that bad yet uh, last email this week is from the fabulous John Michael Mendeza who writes in Dear Sonnies I really liked the email that was a random collection of unqualified remarks <laughs> who doesn't so I thought I would add some of my own oh, splendid first on the topic of inspiration I personally get a lot of inspiration and enjoyment from doing portrait slash fashion photography with models. It seems like a lot of photographers shy away from taking pictures of people and I suspect part of the reason for this may be the fear of not meeting the expectations of the model. My suggestion is to make it a collaborative project and share the responsibility equally. Inspiration can be something super simple like let's do something with fruit. Uh, and then work together to make something out of it. Uh, some images attached from exactly that situation. Shot on Portrait 400 with a Rollerflex. Uh, so that's his long-winded way of saying get inspired through collaboration. Um, I think that's a great idea. I think feeding off the energy of others, <laughs> like, yeah. like an inspiration vampire, is a great plan. <laughs> um, I really do. What are your thoughts, John? Have you done much collaborative work? Um, not model shoot stuff. I, I, I agree. I think like I, I tend to avoid it. Um, and I've never really pursued it because I, I struggle with kind of human contact. Of like yeah, just just people. Don't they? <laughs> you, like, di- you were like saying directing... before we started recording how much you are actually enjoying lockdown. And... <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, just like directing people when it's like one to one feels yeah. a bit weird to me. Yeah. Um, I I enjoy taking photos of people when they're doing something, so it's not like me telling them what to do. But actually, kind of, it it it, it all comes down to your own confidence and knowing what you want to do, doesn't it? Like if yeah. you had a very clear view of, okay, this is the image I'm trying to create, then actually directing somebody to get in a certain pose then makes perfect sense and it's, it's genuine but because i've never really had that need i've always shied away from it i think well does does what john michael says here does it i mean i think that gives you a really good entry point to it doesn't it if you get if you, if you arrange to do something with someone and go okay let's mm-hmm. do something what what can we do together with this long theme or especially if you kind of go look i've been looking at these kind of pictures what can we do along this idea and work together to do that um yeah it's a it's a starting point i mean i think ultimately as you said you want to be working towards a situation where you can give good information and guide the person who's modeling for you but as an entry to that um that's a great idea should we have a quick look actually at these pictures that john michael sent in because they're great pictures aren't they i I really love these these ones where are they they're the ones i emailed you numbnuts um (laughs) so you can zoom in on those so um these are lovely um john michael does regularly shares his portrait work on instagram um and these pictures you didn't, you didn't attach them in the email graham <laughs> oh, did, oh good grief i just assumed it was all sent it okay. yeah numb nuts <laughs> uh, right hang on a second um <laughs> uh, okay well, i'll tell you what they look like because it's complicated so um what he's got is uh, a model holding a piece of fruit 
Um, uh, I'm not sure what piece of fruits some of these are, but essentially it's it's all very colour coded. So it's great. So the the piece of fruit is setting the tone of the colour. It's been sliced in half. Then the model's wearing a top of the same colour, and the background is a very similar colour, pretty much the same colour. And they're very simple, um, elegant portraits. Um, just using the fruit really as the jumping off point for what the colour scheme is for everything. Um, there's one here with a lime and I mean there must be quite a lot of forward planning to make sure that all the colours matched up but they work really well. They're really, um, I'll send you the pictures later so you can have a look. <laughs> They're lovely. Um, <laughs> you thought it would just send the attachments wouldn't you? That's weird. I'm sure it's you not clicking on the right thing. Um, yeah, it's probably me. Yeah, probably. Um, continuing the email. Um, uh, now worry. Um, now might not be the best time for going out and doing lots of photo shoots with other people, social distancing, etc. But these things take some planning, so now is a good time to reach out and start sharing ideas. There you go, John. So no excuse, you can start planning stuff. Yeah, right. um, part two, a question. I have continued my darkroom adventures, which we got to hear about on the show, and have a growing number of prints floating around. The question now is what to do with them. I put up a magnetic a magnet board so I can hang up the ones I like and have them visible rather than tucking them away in a box or something. But that still means I am the only one who can see them. So the question is, what do people do with the prints they make? Display them? Share them? Hide them? Burn them? Oh, I did that last one. Any <laughs> ideas would be appreciated. All the best from John Michael. Well, isn't this lucky? I have the perfect person to ask this question to. John from Off of the Dark Shed, what do you do with all of the prints that you make? Put them in a box. Some of them go up in our house. Um, mm -hmm. Some of them go up on the wall in the dark room. Um, and I try, I try to cycle round what I've got up of my own stuff in the dark room to kind of remind me what I've been working on and what I need to improve on and stuff like that. Um, sometimes, hopefully, you get them, can get them exhibited, uh, scan them, put them up online, definitely. Give them away to people as gifts. Um, that's always a good one. Yes, that is actually a really good one. Giving them away to people as gifts is a great idea. Um, do you sell have... them? <laughs> try, try, try and sell them. As yeah, well. yeah. That's well, I mean, you know, David Allen's got his website called yeah. Fifteen Negatives. Negatives. I remember the number. I couldn't remember what the second <laughs> word was. Fifteen Negatives. So I said, yeah, there are choices there with that. Um, do you have any advice on mounting, framing, and stuff like that? Because that's always the hurdle for me. There's some prints I make. I think, oh yeah, that might be quite nice to put up on the wall. And then I think about mm -hmm. framing and mounting it, and I'm like, I'll put it in this box <coughs> instead. I don't have to put it in anything to put it in the box. It just goes in the box. Um, I, when I first started doing it, I was adamant to like display everything in a nice black frame with a lovely mount, um, how their black and white prints are traditionally done, mm -hmm. to like, give them that added value. And I've kind of moved away from that a bit now. Um like recently I've been mounting them and then frame them in, in aluminium frames, which mm -hmm. are a lot cheaper. Um, and I don't use glass, I use like plexiglass. Mm -hmm. um, and I, th I think they look a bit more modern, a bit more funky. Um, and because you can, you can unscrew the frames, 
so they're really easy to change the size on and just repurpose them if you've got a different print so it's quite a modular way of framing things if it's just for yourself right <coughs> other than that just stick them up on the wall they don't need framing you know just get them out there so you can see them mm. that's the most important thing isn't yeah it? yeah um as far as things like these frames uh, that you were just talking about and mounts any good recommendations where people can go to get stuff like that uh i get them from lion i think it's called lion pick um they're based in birmingham lionpick.co.uk mm-hmm. okay. and they have like yeah that's a good tip and then the pla- I can't remember where I get the plexiglass from just somewhere online right and do you have to cut that yourself or uh, no you order it in the size so you measure the size frame that you're going to yeah you just get all the measurements and they, they cut it for you yeah okay that's cool that's a good tip because like I said that is the thing that stymies a lot of my efforts it doesn't take much to spare me my efforts. Uh, <laughs> I think the hard, the hardest bit is doing the mount, the window mat part. Um, I've, I've got my own mount cutter for that. Oh, really? Yeah, which is just massive. And but it's, it means that I can easily create a mat for any any print. Right. Um, myself. Um, you can. I think there are sites where you can just enter the dimensions you want, and somebody and they. Like they can be laser cut, um, but yeah, that's that's another thing, isn't it? Yes, mount cutting is um, it's it's another skill to learn, isn't it? It's not just a case of oh, get the kit and do it. You actually need to learn how to use it properly and do a good job with it. Um, which is why I've never bothered to get one because I know <laughs> I know what things I'm good at and I know what things I'm not good at. And precision cutting is very much in the latter camp. Um, I'm a cack-handed buffoon. There's a reason I am a gardener, not a builder. It's because stuff would fall <laughs> down an awful it's lot. Like, excuse me. It's not. It's not too. It's not too hard. Like the equipment's built to help you with that. You know, it, it can be a little fiddly sometimes getting it aligned and everything, but. No, I've never really had a problem with it. Really? Um, how big yeah. is it then? You say it's quite a big piece of kit. How big are we talking? Oh, it can take like a 42-inch wide piece of card. Right. Um, or maybe even wider. Um, and it's probably 20 inches wide. But it, and it's heavy. Like It's really mm. big and bulky. Because it has to be sturdy and solid, so when you're cutting, it doesn't move, so you get perfect, and everything's like perfectly aligned. Um, so yeah, it's just it sits in storage most of the time, and then I go through phases of just cutting a load of mats. Um, it doesn't sound like the kind of thing that would be feasible for most people to have at home. No, I think if you're doing small volumes, then you're better off just ordering them, and yeah, them pre-cut, um, definitely. Okay. Well, good tips anyway. Um, and I'll check out that lion pin. Lion pick. Lion pick. Okay. Well, you, John, make sure I put the thing in the show notes. He'll definitely give me that link. Um, that's on you now, John. If it's not there, it's because of John's fault. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's it for the emails this week. So thank you so much to everybody who wrote in. Um, I said we need keep your emails coming in, please. Uh, they've been great emails, but um, the the bag is getting a little thin. Um, so please keep them coming in. Uh, Cheap Shots Challenge. Um, oh, we had Henry's email talking about that, which jogged my memory about it. Um, as I said, we're going to give it until probably the end of the first week in July. How are you making progress with that, John? Yeah, great. 
<laughs> Actually, I've just uh, I told you that I was trying to get my niece on board to help me. Yes, you did. Yeah. Props for it. She's uh, just messaged me about making some bananas. Hopefully this week. Awesome! I'm excited to see what this yeah. is going to end up yeah. being like. Um, yeah. Because when we last spoke, you weren't quite sure what the camera you were using was, but uh, what was it in the end? Uh, Halina. Halina. Oh, yes, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I have... uh, Hang on a second. This is the... uh, That is the sound of my (laughs) IS-1000 being brought out of the dank, dark hole that it gets thrown in. (laughs) It's not in use. Um, I haven't figured out what I'm going to do. I kind of... I had half an idea about trying to do something where I actually go out and go into a shop um, and take some pictures because I haven't been anywhere near any shops. (laughs) But it's such a big, bulky camera. It's not a discreet camera. It doesn't do anything. It has... Everything it does, it does noisily, slowly, and largely. Um, So I'm not sure about that. Um, But I need to get my finger out and get on with it. So... Yeah. What uh, what film are you gonna put in it? Do you know? It's uh, another good question. I think if I do end up trying to go out and shoot something, I might go black and white. But if not, then I'm gonna go color. If I'm, if I'm actually going to be doing more, if I try to do more still life stuff or something along those lines, then I'll go for color again because the, there's so much choice in terms of bringing colour into it with groceries. I mean, yeah, we were looking at the stuff, or I was looking at the stuff you weren't because you messed it up, and um, John Michael <laughs> with his um, fruit earlier. You know, there's so many things that can bring amazing colour in that it would be rotten not to use that if that's an option. Um, but so, yeah, I need I need to pick a lane and go down it, I think. Um, but I don't know what that's going to be yet. So, well, I haven't got long. I need to get on and do that. <laughs> what, when's, the, when's the deadline? Uh, so as I was just saying, for, we're going to extend it just slightly to the end of the first week in July um, because okay. uh, to make sure everyone's got time to get stuff developed if they need to send it away and allowing for slightly longer lead times. And also, to be fair, to allow for the fact that I think everybody's just in slightly um, slowed down frame of mind, you know, just slight apathetic because we've all just been at home in slug mode. Um, oh, I haven't, but yeah. you have. Um, that's why you've, you know, not done anything yet. Um so please do get those coming in. And as I said earlier, if you do feel like sending in a bit of audio as well, we would love that. We would love to hear how and why uh, you took the pictures and what adventures you had trying to get these pictures, especially if they end up in uh, mess and disaster, like blueberries getting squashed all over the floor, uh, as John did. Um, that's always great. We love that. Um, and I think that pretty much brings us to the end of the show. Um, have you got anything you want to draw people's attention to this week, John? Uh, I don't think so. Um, no, I don't think. Oh, if anybody would like to join uh, in the darkroom chat live things, that would be wonderful. It's, at the moment, it's kind of me, Dan out in Hong Kong, Alan Cambridge, and Thomas over in Berlin. And we just kind of, if we're all available, then we all just get together via Skype. Um, yeah, so if you're in your dark room on a Sunday afternoon, get in touch and, and Skype in. It's just nice, little, nice to have a chat while you're working away. Yeah. That'd be wonderful. That does sound like a fun thing to do. I wish I had time to sit over and do these things. I really do. Um, not complaining. Do you not go in your dark room on Sundays? I was working today, working all day today. Um, uh, so no, I was out weeding and other such fun stuff. 
as I said, the thing is, it's, I mean, it's starting to get towards the latter half of my busy period now. So things might start to get a bit easier for me. But yeah, April, May and June are just busy, busy time for me. So not that I'm complaining. Oh. I'm very lucky, I know, to be able to. <laughs> I, I don't think I can ever make anybody feel sorry for me. First, whilst I may have been working, I did get to spend my day in a beautiful garden out in the countryside and in the sunshine. So it really wasn't that bad. Um, yeah, nice. Although I did get stung by or bitten by a horsefly. God, those guys! I hate horseflies. Oh. The worst. <laughs> yeah, it's occupational hazard. <laughs> I am food for quite a lot of bugs. Never mind. Um, John, could you help me? We've got some coffee. Thanks. We want to say thank you to our fabulous oh, coffee yeah. donors, as always. Yeah. We've got some names, uh, and as we've been doing the last couple of weeks, um, our researchers have been finding out what these particular people have been missing uh, during this lockdown period. Um, so, who have we got first that we want to say thank you to? Uh, Dave Allen. Dave Allen, our good friend Dave Allen. See another darkroom buddy. Uh, what Dave Allen is missing is the e numbers that he used to get from his one hundred percent fish finger and orange squash diet. Um, I mean, it's obvious that Dave's running on something, and it's e numbers. Turns out that what's fueled his insanity <laughs> over the years has been nothing but e numbers. So he's missing those. Uh, Ian Wallace. Uh, Ian Wallace misses talking animals. He never got to experience them firsthand, but his favourite childhood <laughs> books like Wind in the Willows and Winnie the Pooh have made him yearn for the days when the animals would still talk to us. Um, it's predicted that the next generation will feel much the same way about Europeans. They'll look back and think, do you remember when Europeans used to talk to us? Uh, with the stuff of books. <laughs> We've got all political. Uh, <laughs> Mike Rattel. Uh, Mike, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take either. Um, Mike's probably more particular. Um He's missing, missing, missing sushi bars from a time back when food could be slowly trundled in front of people's faces on the conveyor belt, in front of dozens of people's faces before getting grabbed and eaten. And we all felt that that was fine. I mean, can you imagine now? Just like the concept of a sushi bar when you're all sat together on your little bar stools right up next to each other, and that food's just going under everybody's mouth. Oh man. Oh. I'm, I do miss sushi trains. <laughs> <laughs> boop, boop. <laughs> boop, boop. Here comes the tuna. <laughs> uh, I didn't even know they anyway. were... I'm surprised they had sushi trains as far north as Coventry. <laughs> uh, I don't think it was in Coventry. Actually, <laughs> uh, well, one, one day. <laughs> right that's when we'll know. That's when we'll know that things have truly... We've moved past it's when the sushi restaurants can open and we can, then, we can all hop on the sushi train again. <laughs> yes. Do you want the next one? Yes, Jeff. please. Yeah, that would be wonderful. <laughs> Jeff Greenstein. Uh, Jeff is missing conventions, visiting conventions, especially Star Wars conventions, uh, where he used to attend them dressed as a bottle of space wine. Little known fact about Jeff <laughs> Greenstein. Uh, which he will appreciate, not one bit. Um, and who's the last? <laughs> What was that? Space wine? Space wine! <laughs> yeah, don't worry about Space it. Wine. It's an in-joke. Okay. <laughs> so in. <laughs> it's only me that finds it funny. Uh, Andy D. Andy D is missing live music. I think a lot of people are missing live music. Um, so what he's taken to doing is singing into deep caves just so he can enjoy listening to his echo coming back to him the closest he can get. Oh, I'm missing deep caves. <laughs> Any particular reason, John? Uh, there's no, not normally anyone there. 
<laughs> so to clarify, you're you're finding that this social isolation is just a little bit too much hustle and bustle for you. It's too it's too hectic. Too, hectic. too many people around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you have got that daughter now. She, you're responsible for bringing an extra person into your house. You, you've increased the population by you know fifty percent. That's on you in your in your little domestic uh, bubble. Uh, I bet she's keeping you entertained though at the moment. It's got to be making it more. Oh, fun. massively. Yeah, like this is the, the complete blessing of lockdown is the amount of time that we've kind of all been able to spend together. It's been it's been incredible. Yeah, because um, if, if it wasn't, and I had zero sleep, so I've had no energy to actually do anything. So it's been quite convenient. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, if it wasn't for lockdown, you know, you living the life as a professional artist, you'd you barely have been home at all. You'd have always have been out and about. <laughs> I would have been out socialising, <laughs> taking like doing studio shoots. Yeah, you'd have never you know. been. <laughs> All those things I love doing. <laughs> whining and dining. Well, whining anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much to all of our donors. Uh, you guys are absolutely wonderful. Um, the, the, your contributions help hugely. Uh, we've got some, I know we keep saying this, and it is true. It's just the wheel of time grinds slowly and crushes all beneath it. Um, but we have got some plans. We've been talking about stuff this evening. And um, we might start actually acting on some of it. Maybe sooner <laughs> rather than later. Or we might not. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> we love a tease here. We love a good tease. Um, that does do it for this week. Uh, let's have a ding. Oh, it's a shortish show. Three quarters now. That's pretty good going for us. Um, we've already clarified that. John, have you got any Dark Shed Lives coming up? Any times, uh, dates for people to watch out for? Yeah, they're, they're on Sundays. So j- just Sundays now? <laughs> That's as specific I can I can get, yeah. Okay. Sundays pe- of the day. And people just need to look for The Dark Shed live on YouTube. You will find John there. And, of course, at The Dark Shed on Instagram and on Twitter. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, John John Whitmore, the photographer on <laughs> oh, UK. <laughs> <laughs> or was it just John Whitmore, photography.co.uk? the second one yeah go there and see john's wonderful work obviously um i'm guessing are you have you got into doing any online tuition at the moment john or um is that not a thing you've um i've got a i'm doing a photo talk well i should check my diary i hope i haven't missed it um oh god (laughs) like from i'm doing a um i can't even get my words out now it's so late uh, there's a camera talk. club in Daventry that I'm doing a talk for live from the dark shed at some point. Great. Um, just to show them the process. I, I've got this weird plan where I want to take a screen capture of the the Zoom call. Mm-hmm. So like get everyone to smile in it. Then I'm going to print it out as a transparency and try and do a contact print of it during the talk. Mm-hmm. Um it um, sounds like it's going to fail. Massively, I'm glad you haven't but... overcomplicated it. That's good. No, it's always good yeah, to have plenty of things to be concentrating on whilst trying to talk at the same time in a meaningful <laughs> way. Good work. Uh, I look forward to hearing how this craft crashes. It'll be great. I have total faith Thanks. in you, John. <laughs> well, it will give me something to talk about because it, like, it's, it's cringy, isn't it, when you're like talking about yourself and your own work and stuff. Oh, no, I love um, it. I can talk about myself for ages. That's not remotely true. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. anybody who's ever listened to this will realise that <laughs> I'm far on the knot. But um, uh, that'd be great. But I take it that's something only not not open to the public to tune into. No, yeah, unfortunately, that's not publicly available. Well, think. that's a sad thing. Mm. 
Well, shall we get out of here then, John? Um, it remains yeah, let's do it. only to us to thank, as always, the wonderful band Schnauzer um, for letting us use the music, remortgaging the nest of hairs. You can find their music on Bandcamp and also on Spotify, and I highly recommend it. Uh, it's great, and I frequently listen to it while I'm trundling down the motorway to pick up my boys. They, they quite enjoy the slightly bonkers... <laughs> sounds that come from schnauzer we will be back with you later in the week with a sunny 16 podcast it'll be very exciting um no further news at the moment <laughs> as always these things come together hot and spicy but it'll be great um i might actually turn up this week i realized that there's been two weeks now where i haven't actually been on the sunny 16 podcast and that cannot stand the world will not continue without me um putting my pointless presence on it so i'm glad to deal with that uh until then, listeners, thank you very much for joining us and goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, and have a lovely week. God damn, we got the wrong crutch strings. <laughs>